thing. Um, we don't count down because we can just cut the audio. Is that, is that how we're going to be doing this? We're just going to be cutting audio every time we start? Like, oh, by the way, we're already here. Let's just go. Well, if we were responsible, we would cut the audio. If we were not responsible, we would, like, leave all of this shit in. <sighs> Welcome to Bound by the Scene, a BDSM podcast about getting into BDSM. Um... I am um, Spirit Binder, and I momentarily forget my name. Uh, and I am here with our, um, our our patriarch, our protractor, our other P words that mean leader type person. The oh, brains yeah. of the podcast. I wouldn't consider me brains of the tentacle podcast. bound. Oh god! <laughs> and now, now I have to talk. Uh, yes, I am tentacle bound. Thank you for the introductions. And yes, as Spirit just said. This is Bound by the Scene, a kink podcast to inform everybody just on exactly what to do when you're going into the scene. We're going to be a little bit more lighthearted on this because everything that I've done research on with kink has been a little bit more serious. And kink is wonderful, yes, but it's also inherently hilarious. Yeah, part of this is kind of a love letter to the scene. Part of this is also because I'm tired of repeating myself to all the little baby bats that come up to me. I want to know what it's like being tied up or like cosplayers that saw that scene from Sword Art Online. Yes, you know the one, and we're a little bit too happy with it. I mean, there's that, <laughs> or we can take the other instance. And you just said baby bats. You referred to all the little kinklings as baby goths. No, I'm, I'm specifically referring to goths yeah, that come up to me. <laughs> just specifically goths? Like, yeah. I've, I've only heard baby bats with goths. Yeah, so. I, I'm specifically referring to little, little gothlings that <laughs> approach me here. Uh, at least the little goth things that approach you. I don't get any goths that approach me. It's always the very, like, bubbly... I'm I'm, I'm going to get shit for this. Bubbly, ditzy girls that are like, Oh my god, I've seen Rope done at Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> this sounds whole, This sounds wonderfully kinky. Oh, okay, well, what happened? I would actually be more interested in dealing with that crowd. Because they are so ready to buy into it. And, like, you know you're the first one to get to them, so you can fill their head with all the right stuff. Well, right. Instead it, of grooming them for other like abusive people. Oh yeah, I mean that is. Well, it's true, but again, people would people would look at that and go, "Well, you're just grooming." I'm like, "Well, you're right, but you're also wrong because I'm not inherently attempting to screw these people over." It's called training because I think I'm a good person. <laughs> it's called training because I feel and believe with every fiber of my being that I'm. So a good now, person. now you're moving back into anime territory. Yes. Okay. Uh, so what, what's the structure? Of the podcast. So the structure of the podcast is we're gonna we we do the introductions of each other at the moment since this is this is the first episode. We do our introductions. We then go into the reasons behind the show a little bit more into detail and not going too far into a specific topic at the moment. Oh, I'm bad at that. I, I I'm so am I because uh, I can wait long, go in long tangents like I'm doing right now. So and then we'll go into the acronym itself or BDSM as a whole. And, and at the end of it, we'll be discussing uh, basically being sold on the scene. Mm. What, what keeps us in it, why we've, as you've said in our pilot episode, that may or may not air, or I might be too embarrassed to even let that surface, um, on being held up by a contract in the King scene. Right. So um, we'll go with introductions first. I guess I will start. Yeah, since, you will. Since you <laughs> so graciously started the show. Um, as he said, my name is Tentacle Bound. Um, that is my Instagram handle. That is my as one of my FetLife handles. Since more of a business account, as because I am a photographer as well as a rigger, 
Um, by trade, I guess would be the best way to put it. As by trade, I've been publicly kinky for about six years. Um, you are a performer. I am a performer. As much as I attempt to stray away from that title, I just... What's a rigger? A rigger is an individual <laughs> that ties people up. Strange. I've never heard of that before. Oh, my God. Let's get into the semantics and the actual vernacular later. Right. Um, but I, I do Eastern-style rope, I guess, would be the best bet to kind of water down the, the vernacular and the, the technical jargon of kink. Mm -hmm. uh, I like rope. I like most things that consider, are done with rope and all the other wonderful pain implements that come with rope. Um, again, like I said, I was, I've been publicly kinky for six years. My rope career started around that time as well. And yeah, I've been pretty much kinky for most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, at least as far as terms of services are concerned for wherever this is going to be posted on. And what about yourself? So I am a spirit binder. Um, that name, like, I am also a rigger. Um, that was the, the punchline of the joke earlier. It's ha, happening now. Ha, um, ha. <clears throat> I'm also super interested in spirituality. I think I've been um, publicly pagan for about 12 years now. Um, as for... I've always been like scene adjacent when it comes to BDSM. Uh, but I learned to start tying last year. Um, and I'm super fucking into it. But uh, you could call me a sensualist. I'm, I'm less interested in like the power dynamics... And um, a lot of that kind of stuff when it comes to kink and more interested in, like, perception and sensation. So that's kind of my shtick. I'm kind of in the uh, the scene in regards more to art than actually getting laid. Um, I won't be sad if that happens more often, but the goal at the end of the day is always to have something pretty or interesting to show to people. So it would be safe to say that you are a far more... You're far more invested in the the actual community aspect of it as opposed to the getting oneself off or chasing the chasing the dopamine dragon. Um, I'd say everything but the second one. Like interacting with people definitely triggers levels of dopamine to people. I'm also finishing up my undergrad um, at a at a four year university for a dual degree in psychology and anthropology. So. <clears throat> like I, I intellectualized sex very early in my life so it's always been a lot more complicated than it should be and I love people that will like get into that playhouse and play with me well that's a, that's a very good way of explaining it um, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum I like everything that makes me feel good mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say hedonistic Right. Um, I just well people by definition like what makes them feel good uh, yes <laughs> uh, in the grand scheme but I don't I think the only thing that separates me from most kinkster, kinksters is the uh, intertwinability between sex and play, right. or sex and kink. Like I do enjoy just doing rope and calling it quits. After yeah, that. yeah. I also do enjoy doing a, na a normal scene. Um, for for that, we'll go into a little bit of context. That is a negotiation between two people that are playing with various implements, whether it be impact play, rough body play, etc. And we'll go into those a little bit later. Yeah. But that's where I'm at, and that's kind of where I stay. Mm -hmm. Sex is uh, is usually separate for me, mm -hmm. if I even get to that point. So there, there are two different two different styles of or aspects of kinky people in this room at the moment, which is going to make this for a very interesting discussion point. 
Um, next is, now that we've gotten the introduction out of the way, we're going to go ahead and discuss the reasoning behind this show. Uh-huh. At first, when I when I came to you with the idea of doing this, I was a very, very angry boy. Right. I was very, very... Uh, what was what's the word I'm looking for? Disheartened. It's been a rough four days. It's been a rough. It's been a rough four days. I just came back from the war. <laughs> uh, no, I I had been very disheartened uh, by the scene about how there are certain things, and then mainly this was with uh, the national community, and then a part and part and play by the local scene as well. Right. Uh, where there are certain things that are being done and not being taught properly that are getting under my skin. and it just Yeah, do you want to tell the story about the person um, you were invited to an event? Oh, yeah. So I came back um, from overseas and went to a local event. And it's a once-a-month event, and it's filled with fun and debaucherous things. You can You can bring booze in... Some people can drink, some people can play, some people can go in the back and have sex, or just have sex on the floor. There's there's a number of things you can do. There's even vendors there, so you can purchase new implements for the bedroom. Mm-hmm, kinky, kinky, right, sounds fun. Well, I get there without the intention to play. I'm already uncomfortable because I've already had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth from the scene. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm there with good people. Was that taste well whiskey? Mm, it, was, it was more like well vodka. Oh, uh, well, I can't taste vodka. <laughs> But you could taste well if you you knew what it was. Not really. That's the problem. <laughs> that's 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 the issue. Uh, okay, how about this? Uh, well, tequila. <laughs> no, <laughs> that just no. Uh, so the night weans on. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. Getting a little bit more relaxed after a couple of um, decent glasses of whiskey, um, and then I get tapped on my shoulder and I get told to look on stage. Well, on stage there are two main points to do rope suspension and there was a group of people at one suspension point had tied somebody with their knuckles to the girl's throat Mm -hmm. so if we all know how anatomy and physiology works usually you don't want to obstruct Uh the breathing pathway at all ever ever i mean I've I've also been seeing these things as a slight tangent on on Twitter about how to properly choke somebody mm-hmm. that makes me viscerally like do you not know anatomy and physiology? Well, th- those tutorials that I've seen they're not terribly inaccurate. They're not terribly inaccurate, but the like, I'm glad that people at large know more than they did before. True, but you <clears throat> don't ever want to put somebody in a blood choke. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's going on. It's like, "Oh, by the way, close off the main artery <laughs> so you can choke somebody properly." No, that's not how you do it. But anyway, I digress. So the way that the tie was done was as soon as there was weight, the knuckles would her knuckles would go into her throat. Right. And that's a big no-no. Uh-huh. Um, and that caused me to feel a very, very specific way. I was a very angry boy again mm. after just calming down and getting relaxed. So uh, the person that tied to me was my partner at the time, and I was like, okay, fine. I'm done. I'm angry. I'm Let's go tie. Mm-hmm. So I went to go, I brought her on stage, we had it, we, we, we went to the other point, and I intentionally did a very, very, very complicated-esque tie. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, if you're a tarot card person, the hangman tie. Yeah. Um, it was very pretty, very aesthetically pleasing, only hung by the legs. Mm-hmm. Well, the leg. And instantly, 
instantly everyone went from looking at their tying to looking at what I was doing and the people that were on stage walked off. Needless to say, that was better than being confrontational, but it was a bit petty. Um, what about the, uh, the story that I was thinking of? I hadn't heard that one before. That's a, that is a good story though. Um, but, uh, the one where homeboy almost like turned his entire rib cage into a Taco Bell Bel Grande meal. Oh, you mean that one? Oh God. I had forgotten about that one. No. So fast forward a few months after that event, there is a local group that does rope. Out of, out of the two or so in, in this area, I won't give specifics because calling people out at the moment right now while we're just starting off sounds like a bad no, idea. No, we will never do that. We would never do that uh, pending. That's a, that's a private event. This you have a, to buy tickets. It's a private event. Uh, you, don't, you don't buy tickets. You leave donations. <laughs> of hands. <laughs> Someone's catching these hands. Um, but... I went to this event and it was instructed as a beginner's rope to, uh, group to where they bring in new people to introduce them into rope and shibari and just the overall, they're all beginners is essentially how the class is presented or how the group is presented. They're all beginners with varying degrees of tying time. With that being said, there was a gentleman there that was... Relatively good-looking dude. If he gotten his if he gotten his skill set up, I'm sure he could do either a lot of good or a lot of damage mm-hmm. as far as being pretty and just looking for a specific thing. Right. I think the thing that originally brought up this story for us is when we were talking about like aesthetic privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that aesthetic privilege is a it's a very very thing. It's a very big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be pretty and get away with a lot. But I digress. With that, he ends up doing a self suspension. Which is where you just tie yourself, you tie it, and you you throw yourself up in the air and wave around you like you just don't care. And he didn't lock off the suspension point properly. Right. His lead line to the suspension point properly. He did it upside down. And the reason why that's important is because if you do it where it's upside up, you end up locking off the entire lead line to Mm -hmm. where it won't slip, where the person won't fall. And it's overall, it's relatively safe. We're going to use relatively a lot because everything that we do in kink is not really safe. Right. Um, the whole safe, sane, and consensual thing doesn't really sound appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. But he ties it upside down and instantly it collapses. Right. And singes, cinches down on this man's ribs. No one in the room stops him. Right. And lets him struggle there. I get visibly angry. I run up and catch the lead line to mm-hmm. have him go back down and tell him he's doing it wrong and instruct him why it was wrong. Yeah, but he's got a he's got fucking performing adrenaline right now. So he doesn't feel anything wrong even though like if you bust your whole rib cage that's like terrible. Don't do that. Yeah, just don't ever do that. And that that instantly made me want to stay away yeah and the only reason that i'm back is because we had a very good we had a very good instance towards the end of last year at at a convention Uh uh-huh and we had a very good rope photo shoot experience even you uh, did mention that you had a a now sparked interest again in doing rope yeah absolutely maybe turning it into more of a hobby is kind of the direction that i want to go 
Uh, but the reason that I, I wanted to bring up these stories is like like martial arts or like speed racing or like any sport, there's a certain amount of danger that comes with certain things. Certain, 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 certain. Very and, certain uh, things. And, you know, there's a skill set that, and maybe the skill set is just knowledge of things you ought to know before you get into them. And if this podcast can do that while letting me burn uh, Saturday afternoons constantly, I'm pretty all right with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with that as well. If if anything, if anybody takes anything away from this is better understanding that just because there is age, just because there's a pretty face behind it explaining things to you, doesn't mean it's always right. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've always wanted to kind of break down is that years of experience don't necessarily mean good experience. It could be right. bad experience. Um, you can take most of my kink life as a good example because I had been doing kink wrong mm-hmm. behind closed doors and it wasn't until I got into the kinky scene the uh, public public persona of what a public scene is that I realized that there were certain things that I needed to change but yeah the people this is directed towards are maybe um, old hands that want to understand how how like the scene is changing as we're moving on maybe younger people that are getting into the scene or even older that are just now breaking into the scene that don't necessarily know the rules to a a group that tends to be very socially adept and often pretty punishing, which is a thing I don't like about a lot of scenes. Highly punishing, and we'll <laughs> we'll definitely touch in on that because that's going to be a little bit more towards the end of it because there is like social stigmas that go along with that. Even being a kinky person in yeah. the scene, for certain kinks that people have, it you just mentioning it will give you vitriolic responses. Yeah, um, and it's not my intention to scare anybody away from the scene. Um, I just want people to be informed about maybe what they're going into. But I, I feel like most subcultures would really benefit from something like this. Like maybe if you're going into a punk scene or you're starting to go to conventions or you know, you're becoming a YouTuber in a specific sphere, I would have loved to have had a podcast well executed with the vision that we have agreed and this will be this will come become a little bit more prevalent as we get forward but i at the same time i would have loved to have any form of research that i could have just listened to while i was becoming into my own skin as far as being a, into any of the little lifestyles that i've been a part of one of them is the punk scene one of them is uh, uh, being a uh, weeaboo and going to conventions and also just being in very certain spheres of like gaming. <coughs> and now there is, there's a lot more that is accessible, but I've yet to find a very, very specific one that directly does this. And I've done a little bit of research and I know there are other kink podcasts out yeah. there. I think the thing with a lot of other kink podcasts is um, like BDSM and kink is inherently a skill centered subculture yes so like as you get more and more into a skill you will lock down on the techniques for that skill and people will become obsessed with their own little microcosm kind of like how we have with rigging and stuff Mm -hmm. um this is kind of like a venture out of that out of that underworld and rejoining the regular world to talk about like a cambellian sense of things but um yeah like how to acquire those skills who to talk to how to know who's dangerous and really like making sure your life isn't a nightmare at the end of the week 
um, because of who you've chosen to be involved with, that's kind of the goal. And like, though- I, I'm a pragmatist. I want the end of your day to be something that you can, you know, be proud that you did. Like, if you've gone to 12 events this month, and you're like, man, I love this thing, but I fucking hate these people. Like, this is the stuff we're trying to give you the tools to avoid. And you put it far more eloquently than I could have put it, because I still have a little bit of angry angry responses to a lot of the same things. And that that was one of my biggest issues. I got fucking time to be angry. <laughs> you don't have time to be angry, but I do. And that's the problem. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll take my load for me. I'll, I'll definitely... T- uh, <laughs> 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 oh, uh, this got a bit steamy as we've just... I'll, undo, I'll loosen the tie a little bit for this one. But, yes, it's... It's something that I'm still kind of getting used to as well as like going into the scene again and there being people that I don't like. Right. And not even just people that I don't like, people that are now not considered safe that are still allowed to be around. And this is this is to help you navigate the waters and avoid these certain situations. Because, again, we won't be the end-all be-all, but this should be a little bit of a palate cleanser as far as getting into the scene and being assisted with or being told that you have to do it a specific way. This will give you the resources to kind of make your own decisions and become that much more informed. Okay, so now that we made promises that are entirely too big, um, and we've talked for 20 <laughs> minutes about talking about what we're going to talk about, let's actually get into some some content, baby. All right, all right, all right. I guess we'll get into some content, <clears throat> I guess. So, BDSM as a whole. Uh, and we we know we know that we know it's BDSM. I like holes. <laughs> I think we all like holes. Uh, wet and moist, moist. <laughs> um, yes, BDSM as a whole. BDSM, as the the name implies, m- some people don't really know that it's actually three acronyms in one. Are you, right, are right. you surprised by that? And what are those three acronyms? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> in this game show, it's going to be bondage and discipline, dominance and submission sadism and masochism and those are the acronyms thank you for playing the game you have now won 20 spankings only 20 people are going to show up at your fucking doorstep i do not need that please (laughs) do not show up at my doorstep with a paddle in hand saying where are my 20 spankings (laughs) ever don't ever fucking do that (laughs) please all right so the first acronym bondage and discipline let's go i think this one was something that we can easily discuss as a as a group, as a unison, mainly about the bondage part. Discipline, not so much. Uh-huh. Uh, so bondage, what is bondage to you? Uh, to me, bondage is any physical restriction on a person. Um, since I am a, a rigger and I tie people up, that is largely what I am concerned with uh, when it comes to like physicality and stuff. So... I do primarily um, like Japanese style rope on people. Um, I don't know what else to say other than that. Some people enjoy the feeling of being bound. Um, sometimes when you're completely tied up um, and there's nothing else you can do, you don't have to feel guilty about what you're not doing. The feeling of helplessness. Right, yeah. There, there's a certain amount of release in being helpless, and a lot of people are attracted to that. Yeah, no, that's a very, very astute 
definition of bondage. And I would also throw into there, there's also mental bondage that can be thrown into there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also probably plays into, like, dominance. I think some, that's the discipline. I believe that is the discipline, and that's what we're going to be getting into now. So discipline, and I'll go ahead and do this one on my end. Discipline is the act of receiving punishment for something that is not being done in accordance to the scene or something that has been negotiated prior. Mm. That is the blanket definition that I will use, only because I don't play in that sphere, Mm -hmm. and it's a very, very vague, specific definition. Right. Yeah, I think um, discipline is being required to adhere to a specific code of behaviors, and if you don't do that, you get in trouble. And the only issue that I have with that is that we're all kinky people, Uh at least the people that are listening to this, and the idea of punishment is a form of pleasure. So you're getting you're getting off, and you're not really getting the discipline per se. You're getting the reward, mm-hmm. and they call it punishment. Yeah, is the is the term for it. And so I think it's kind of counterintuitive. Well, I've also known a couple of people that just want to um, basically have the enforced role playing. Like even if even if their goal isn't the punishment, they just want to act like uh, a maid for a day. Okay. And they want to be held to that because if they're doing that, then they don't have to worry about anything else that's going on. Um, I've especially seen this happen more often than you'd think in people that have like positions of power and stuff where they just want like eight fucking hours where they don't have to be responsible for anything. Eight fucking hours where they can just shut off their brain and exactly. then follow, follow that specific code. And as somebody who's constantly having to pick what we're having for dinner, I very much relate to that. <laughs> big, big mood. Um, you don't eat dinner. I have energy drinks for <laughs> meals. That is, that is, that has, let me, let me read the. It's my uh, favorite meal of the day. It's my favorite meal. Iced coffee. It has vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and panthonic acid, whatever the hell that, oh, it's a B5 vitamin. And it has 180 milligrams of sodium. Fuck me. So I'm getting all of my wonderful, wonderful nutrients from this unsponsored beverage. Anywho. It's the Death Stranding beverage. It's the Death Stranding beverage for all of the kinky nerds out there. All right, now, next one. Dominance and submission. This one I had to look up a little bit more specifically because while I have been a submissive at one point, I've also been a slave, dominance doesn't come, doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. It really doesn't. I've, I typically have to be allowed to see people as equals mm-hmm. during a scene because it makes the fight more enjoyable right right so for dominance and submission is a set of behaviors customs and rituals involving submission of one person to another in an erotic episode or lifestyle it is a subset of bdsm this form of sexual contact and pleasure has been shown to please a minority of people uh in and that was in english that means um let's play with hierarchies Thank you for that. And I figured that I'd just read that off of Wikipedia. Like I said, that, that, is, that is the Wikipedia definition of that entire thing. Yeah, what's your definition? My definition is someone being subservient to somebody that in a higher position of power. Right. Um, you can get a little bit further into that with master and slave dynamic because mm-hmm. it does fall under the category of dominance and submission. Right. Mainly it's one person listens to orders, the other one follows them. Yeah, so uh, so fun story. Uh, you get a little bit of my tragic backstory. Um, when I was first getting into BDSM, I was like, I really want to do the Dom thing because I'm a weak person, but I won't admit that. No, I won't. <laughs> so I um, I apprenticed under a mistress, and they did like kind of the old guard thing of you have to be a sub to be a Dom. Like, you have to know what the subs are going through. So I did, like, six months of that. 
Old guard means old way of doing things. Yeah. That that we call them the guard because they're still fucking there. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I actually like got classically trained in how to be a sub, and then when I got towards the end of it and I was start able to start doing dom stuff, I was like, this isn't necessarily for me. Um, I wanted more personal power than like responsibility over other people, so I'll usually refer to myself as a top. But I've I've got to have those experience, and the downside is it's given me a very big like. Um, I've got a criteria list for doms now, and if they don't do the right thing, I want to do them a violence. And that that's that's a perfect. That's where idea. I get like you were talking about how you had some some incumbent rage coming into this discussion. I guess like I should admit that I have some of that too because, like, I mentioned I was a, a psychology uh, student, and I've looked a lot into like the languages of abuse and all the bad things you can do to people and psychological manipulation and all that kind of shit. So I'm, I'm very hyper tuned to this sort of thing. Um, and I love talking about it, but I'm also ready to like, you know, I will throw a glass of sweet tea across the, uh, shenanigans. Like nothing wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with that, especially when it comes down to, uh, forcing individuals to do certain things based on psychological responses. Yeah. There's a lot to do with like agency and stuff like that where like, um, yeah, we'll get into that when we get into, uh, uh, our discussion on negotiation. Yep. That sounds like an appropriate thing. And then submission on as a whole, that's how you send your clips into YouTube. Yes, actually, you click the submit button, and then it actually uploads. And now YouTube is your dom. <laughs> oh no, that's it's in your terms of services. It really, really is. Thankfully, we're not. I I don't know if I'm going to upload this to YouTube. I may just stick to like Podbean or something like that. If we do enough episodes, I can probably message Google Play and have it thrown up there. I'm a little bit he- hesitant to throw this on YouTube. I'm a little bit hesitant only because of the terms of service oh yeah well now if we market us for adult it should be fine it it can be fine i just don't want us to get any backfire from some mother in some rural fucking county going my son now thinks he's a submissive oh i'm i'm ready for it i'll karen i'll fight you and meet me at the walmart parking lot don't bring your husband you know he's only going to get hurt. No, no, no. Bring your husband. I'll fuck him while you get hurt. No, <laughs> don't. I don't think he would consent to that. I'm sure he would with a pretty voice and nice hair, even though I don't have any. Look, he worked a hard day, okay? <laughs> we'll give him a beer. We'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Here's a beer. I'm going to box your wife. Uh, all right. <coughs> um, so, in all seriousness, submission is... Um, I've, I've done this one a little bit as... Uh, as as I've attempted to find my own identity and kink, and I've been the submissive to a mistress, a slave to a mistress. I guess would be a little bit better to, to describe that. And it wasn't a really good experience. I can be submissive. I can follow orders relatively well, maybe a little bit too well. That's probably why I didn't do it so well. Was <coughs> the fact that it's okay. You tell me to do something, it's going to get done. Right. And that it didn't do anything for me. But there's a lot of people that do gain gain the happy feels as you would describe it mm-hmm. uh, from doing this sort of action um, at least that's my experience that that's all I can say on the subject is that someone gets the happy feels from listening to somebody else yeah I think um, like there's so we get, we have so much to deal with and there's so much we're responsible for 
in this day and age that maybe not having to do that for a little while could be a thing that is pretty nice to do. And I've noticed that it's a lot more higher higher up in the echelon people that usually tend to take submissive roles. You'll see the you'll see the surgeon that deals with 12-hour shifts of just having to order an entire operating room right. around to take to save people's lives and then all of a sudden they're on their hands and knees in a chastity belt mm-hmm. to remove themselves from a superiority mm-hmm. a level of superiority i've also seen people that have like suffered from abuse that like are very comfortable and attracted to the dynamic but like it's important to have people that aren't shitbags in control of that thing yeah it's very important to have somebody that's actually going to toe the line mm-hmm. and actually do you a service as opposed to doing you a disservice. Yeah. Especially if you're coming in from a vulnerable state of mind where this is something that you enjoy and need to kind of get through your day. Mm-hmm. And there, don't get me wrong, there are people that don't that don't actually do all the nasty, terrible things that, we, that some we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. But there are also people that do. And... Those are the options, yes. Those are, those are <laughs> the options. There's hardly an in-between. I, I would... I would I would be very hard-pressed to say that there's a gray area in that. It's either they do it or they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of how kink has been portrayed to me. It's either you do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You're either going to be a shitty person or you're not. You're either going to be respectable or you're not. You're either going to be held to a higher standard or you're not. Right. So now that we've gotten that very, very dark portion of that topic out of the way, let's talk into a fun part. Sadism and masochism. This one is a little bit more of my Yeah, that, that's shtick. your sphere. Um... I play well on both of them because I just identify as a sadomasochist. While, yes, I do do the ropey thing, part and part of my actual identity is enjoying pain in all its aspects. I enjoy dishing it out as much as I like receiving it from the heavy amounts of modification done to my body. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very good dopamine release to just see somebody in consensual pain mm-hmm. as well as receiving consensual pain. At least that's, how, that's my purview on it. The sadism is the derivement of pleasure from seeing others in psychological or physical torment. Mm-hmm. And masochism is the receiving end of that spectrum. Yeah. And that is the definitions. And that is breaking down the acronym. We've gotten through this one in about like nine minutes, uh-huh. which is a lot faster than the pilot, which is great. I'm, I'm just I'm so happy with these microphones. They're they're doing a big service. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at least as far as what I can t- I, I can see from the audio feedback. Are the uh, are are the microphones subs? The microphones are our subs because they're like they're nailed to their stands and they've got cables shoved into them. Exactly, it is doing me a big happy right now that to <laughs> see these microphones shoved in, have things shoved into their orifices and nailed down to various objects or screwed into various objects. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thoroughly pleased with this. It it gives me the big happy. What what a great abuse of animism. <laughs> I mean, they don't feel anything, so I guess it's okay. You don't know that. You're right, I don't. <laughs> Blissful ignorance, my friend. Blissful ignorance. Like, when we leave the room, they're going to fucking Toy Story. They're going to Toy Story? Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to hear audio feedback of something screaming, and it's the microphones. <laughs> oh, that's a very... They can't speak. They can only hear. They can only do... <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck are we doing? All right, so now that we got the acronym out of the way, we did we did a lot in a very very decent amount of time. Now 
It's a little bit more of just the discussion portion of it. We're just going to be discussing the actual buying into being kinky. What What is keeping us both here? What is it like to live as somebody that's kinky? Mm-hmm. And what are some of the social stigmas that we have to deal with, if any? Um, as well as what it's like in the scene, how to locate various events, whether they be conventions or local events, munches, mm-hmm. um, meeting people, do's and don'ts, how to stay safe. So this part is a little bit more of just happenstance. As mm-hmm. far as I, as far as I'm concerned, it's more of a way to just these are the these are these are decent paths, mm-hmm. decent ways of doing things. If there is a better way to do it, by all means, we'll leave you the email link uh, to message us either in private. To I have a lot of experience with getting yelled at. I mean, I'm not yelling at you. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, but soon. <laughs> but soon. So, like I said earlier in the beginning, um, I've been in it for about public scene, publicly for six years. Mm-hmm. And... The way I found it was through Fat Life. I went by a different fat handle at the time. I have a I have a personal account as well as my tentacle bound account, mm-hmm. um, and it was just this one thing where it's like, okay, well, it's always been presented to me as a dating website, uh-huh. and which it's not. You can right. you can use it like that, but you're not going to get very far, right? And it was looking through the groups, looking through the local groups, looking mm-hmm. through, okay, what is going on today at an event? Like, what events are going on today? And it just so happened that I found the scene by by accident. Mm-hmm. I was going through a bit of stuff around that time. I, le- just got, I just left a very, very bad relationship, and I wanted to be kinky again. Right. Um, so finding, finding events through FetLife is a lot better use of the actual website and maintaining social social clicks that you've accumulated aqu- uh, along the way <coughs> excuse uh, me i mean that cough is really getting bad man yeah i know what what did you do did you smoke a whole bunch of fucking cigars and- i think i lost a fight with a spirit of some kind oh he- or i'm not taking care of myself Pick either of those, whichever one you think is more plausible or interesting. Well, we'll flip a coin. My life is a choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, we'll just roll the dice. Right. Hold um, up. High or low? We can cut this. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're not going to cut this. We're rolling the dice. It's a three. Oh, God. Well, you, you, you caught the plague. Uh-oh. You caught the plague. But that says that's how I located, and I've used FetLife when I went overseas uh, to find events. And surprisingly enough, it's not utilized a lot overseas. That doesn't surprise me at all. Well, it does to me because that was I had never really left the country. Before. Did it give you kind of the perception that it was an international thing? Yes, yes, it did. Especially with the fact that you can change your locale to just about anywhere in the world. You can change it to fucking Dubai. Or There's a lot of like, fucking people in Dubai. There is a lot of people in Dubai, but the idea of being sexual in that country is uh, without being thrown over a cliff. Yeah, it's kind of a behind closed doors thing. Yeah, exactly my point. And it's the same thing. People it, are sexual everywhere. People, of course, people are sexual everywhere. But the fact that they're <coughs> the level of sexual degeneracy that we we partake in 
even if we're not sexual even if we're not sexual being sexual as a mm-hmm. whole that that's what we're viewed as we're viewed right. as sexual depraved depraved individuals so i guess this is the part to talk about the social contract yes this is a, a social, social contract. contract is a set of expectations that you agree to by participation with a culture like a lot of these terms of service agreements that we get into they're explicitly stated versions of these uh these kind of rules like you know like if you're in the supermarket and somebody just steps in front of you in the fucking line you get mad even though theoretically it's just a line you shouldn't be angry about where a person chooses to stand but there are rules in place that say hey you violated the thing uh go to jail do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars but um yeah no it there are gonna there's gonna be social stigmas wherever you go it, whether it be in the u.s the continental u.s whether mm-hmm. it be canada mexico europe even though they're a little bit ahead of the sexual depravity depends on where oh it does depend on where you, you i'm sure you'd be hard pressed to go into like rural france and be allowed to be where your freak flag fly as opposed to like paris Mm-hmm. Or anything of the sort. Same thing with like Spain or Germany, uh-huh. uh, especially in say like places like Korea, where you don't find a lot of kinky places unless you are Korean. Like they, mm-hmm. they're that is only accessible for Koreans. And if you're an expat over there, you have to go with fellow expats and find your own space or create your own space. Uh, but in Japan, there is a little bit of a difference where it is. It's accessible to everybody, right? But it's still kept behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, on the social stigma aspect of it, what have you dealt with? Um, <clears throat> if anything. Well, like I've I've had a a weird kind of experience with this because like um you know, I'm a first generation immigrant. I've moved around my entire life, so not really being accepted by people is like you know, part of my blood at this fucking point. Um and I became like I outed myself as a a pagan pretty early. Um so I've been dealing with that the entire time as well. And I like, I always look like I'm about ready to fight. So people don't really like press me on a lot of things. So I haven't dealt with much of the social stigma, but I also haven't been in a place to deal with a lot of those things. Like um, a lot of my career choices are things that are purely meritocratous or more networking based than like prestige based. Like I want to go into education and stuff where I want to be like, do shit on YouTube or make music and those are kind of realms where the uh, the outcast is more able to express themselves. Yeah, because most of the outcasts are the ones that are looking for the similar things. But uh, I also had this weird thing where um, like, we moved to Denmark when I was about 8 or 9 um, and in your development that's where you learn how to key into like the social atmosphere of a particular place. And I didn't really learn that until much later um and because i didn't learn it intuitively i had to learn it directly so like there's a certain amount of um meta social fluency that i have and that kind of lets me maneuver various like maybe kink situations or nerd situations with a, a basic overall logic of this is common human behavior and this is what you do um, so I guess, like, my, my advantage is that I can read the social contract. Like, I can see what the rules are. Um, like, anybody that understands anything about social psychology can pretty much do. Um, and most people, like, this is part of your operating system if you're a functioning human being already. It should be. 
but then there are there are people like me that we didn't read the terms of services right until we got away from our family so mm-hmm. i a little bit more backstory um on on my end uh since you wonderfully graced us with yours um it took me I found out when I found out when I was kicking at a very young age. Mm-hmm. That, that was end all be all. That's that's easy to kind of dictate from. Just, you see somebody fall on your on their face, and you're like, huh? Almost, <laughs> uh, almost. I ended up so I ended up hitting my toe really fucking hard on something, and instead of that visceral like I'm gonna wheel around in pain, I got the big hap, the very big happy, mm-hmm. and I was confused, and then started doing research, and then I found exactly what it is. I'm surprised I even found a bloody name, mm-hmm. but the uh, concept of sexuality was never really discussed with me as a kid. Right. And certain social situations were always dictated around being Hispanic, being, being familial, being this, being that. So I I wasn't even told what sex was Mm -hmm. ever until they gave us the really uncomfortable, like, by the way, this is the birthing video in science class. Right. Right. And even then it was more of a, Oh, look at this. This is not something you want to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get any, like all of my, all of my social cues and all of my, all of the terms of services I read at a later date mm-hmm. and realized that I had signed this fucking contract unknowingly mm-hmm. and just had to figure it out on my own. So I figured out a lot of the kink shit by accident. And then I had somebody teach me the wrong way, mm-hmm. teach me their way, which is, not for you. Not for me at all. And then navigated the waters as accordingly and then eventually found my way into the public scene. Right. So there, there are going to be people like you that can pick up on social situations a lot easier than like people like me because I am relatively daft mm-hmm. when it comes to certain situations. Like You would have to tell me that you do not like me in mm-hmm. person before I got it. Right. Um and you'd have to make it very clear. Like, by the way, I legitimately don't like your company. Yeah, that's um, that's more common than you'd think it'd be, um, because it's also kind of a violation of the like the standard social contract to be openly confrontational with people. That's not a thing you do. Um, it'd be a lot easier if someone just told me, like, by the way, I'm not in, I'm not interested in this conversation. I'd like to steam myself the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that at least is my my thought processes right on processes on the subject because it seems a lot more viable. What I, what I find interesting is that um, your kink community is going to have a different social contract than your regular community. That's true. Um, there's usually an implication of um, higher self expression, more honesty, a willingness to give anybody a chance. Um, Which is can be a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Like, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Um, what else is there? I mean, as far as kink, as far as the social contracts and kink is concerned, it's like, always be willing to allow somebody to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Allow them to be the kinkster that they want. Granted, there are certain kinks that do get frowned upon, that do get lost in the light. Like, if I, yeah. like if I told somebody what, I, what certain kinks that I liked... I would get, I'd be met with a very like, why the hell do you like that? That sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are others that are a lot more socially acceptable, like being a rigor or being a dominant or being a submissive. Those are the, the three top ones that are far more socially acceptable. Yeah, your other um, social contracts and learned behaviors from your other spheres don't go away just because you get into this space. Exactly. Um, and we'll go over some of the jargon 
um, because now we're going to go into kind of um, how to like what types of events you should be looking for to, if you're getting started. Because you do, while while it works for some, um, jumping in head first, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and usually going to a public event like a munch mm-hmm. where you're in the actual normal public purview they're they're you're able to have more eyes than just kinky people watching you right is probably the best course of action Mm -hmm. now i say probably because you don't know anybody at all to begin with you're just starting out as an as a little baby kingster a chibi kingster if Mm -hmm. you will for all my weeaboos out there i'd say you don't have to say that they know who they are Uh, i know they know (laughs) they are but i feel like ostracizing them because of these social situations where we have to call each other's weebs. You know this. You're familiar with this. <laughs> but a munch is typically the a good starting point. Typically. Um, if you want to do... What's a munch? A munch is a social setting where you go sit down in a public domain like a coffee shop or a restaurant and have these discussions about... Either A, what to do as a kinkster, like BDSM 101s, or very specific groups that cater to the things that you like. I like to call it how to piss off all the waitresses in the Denny's. This is why we are not allowed back at Denny's. Ever. They don't They don't make enough money to not allow us back in. They don't. The managers can still tell us no. And that's the thing. We pissed off the managers too. In all, in, in, no, in, in all seriousness, I'm pretty sure there's an event location that doesn't allow kinky people anymore because of this mm-hmm. and because of some of the topics that have been discussed. Uh, now, finding them is typically a FetLife thing. Yeah. or I've if, seen them on Facebook, too. Yes, I've seen them in Facebook in Japan. Like, if you go to Japan, most of their stuff is either on Facebook or on Twitter. Right. Uh, which... By all means, in the near future, you might see a Bound by the Scene Twitter. You'll definitely see a Bound by the Scene Instagram. Oh, we're we're going to be on all the medias. We're, we're going to have to be at this point. I figure that it, it'd be a good way of getting us a little bit further with this. Because this is now... This is really this is a really nice exchange. Uh-huh. It was a lot... It was a lot... It was a little bit more shaky earlier. Uh, it's because you didn't have the mic stand. It's because I didn't have the mic stand. I didn't, I didn't feel like... I, I have the high ground, Anakin. You do. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I won't. Choke I'm them. not moving at all. <laughs> Choke them up there. Um, so, um, we should talk about negotiations because we're kind of getting to that space. Yes. Uh, and the thing that I want to say about all kink stuff is um, you should probably never act as just a single person in any given situation. I don't mean that, like, you have to do multiple person scenes if you're involved, or you have to, like, it's always going to be more than one person in your position, but what I mean is, like, if you're going with somebody to do a kink event, um, you know, bring a spotter with you, bring a witness. um, Have a callback. Yeah, make sure somebody's going to call you. If you're going into public, bring somebody that can watch your back or watch out for you to, like, make sure you're not getting bullied into a corner. Um, have somebody there as a spotter at negotiations like because there are people that you can't trust in this world we have to move in numbers yes the the more of you there are the less likely you are to get hurt Uh, the easiest way to do the easiest way to kind of wrap your head around it is 
if somebody that you have as a friend is open-minded and not going to judge you for going into a space where you dress a little bit scantily clad or it's a place like a munch where you're going to be in a public public view, just have somebody there with you is always a good nomenclature. It's always a good fallback plan because if because we're enamored with things that we like when we see a new shiny. Mm-hmm. We are very enamored with the new shiny. And we are very hard-pressed to tell ourselves not to enjoy that shiny whatsoever. Are you really, like, you were really attempting to reach for that? I I was, yeah. I need to get you one of those little arm crane thingies where you can just grab things. Absolutely not. The struggle is where the joy is. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you like self-flagellation, you're fine. This is not an ASMR do not do that again. It can be. We are not doing that. We are not getting you an ASMR mic. I can use both of these. That is not acceptable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll probably do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, uh, I have no illusions about this. <laughs> I will not be stopped. I mean, well, uh, who am I to stop you? I don't live here. I, I'm just, I, I come here. I, I come here. I, that, that's about it. That's how it be <laughs> and how it do. Okay. So, yes. So what Spirit said is a very, very good, very, 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 very good um, thing to do is always have somebody by your side. So humans trust. are tribal creatures. Like, it's even built you in... you introverts. Yeah, even even introverts. Um, we'll, we'll get into that pet peeve in a while. Um but we're meant to work in groups. Like, if you've ever seen somebody get mad at somebody else just for wanting it, wanting attention, that's completely ridiculous because we need attention to be he- be healthy creatures, for as a majority. Yeah, as much as I as much as I don't like to admit it, I do need attention. Yeah, which is look at my Instagram profile. Mm-hmm. I post photos that garner me attention. It's instant gratification. Yeah, especially when I'm sitting there on the couch not doing a goddamn thing. When I don't want human contact, I just want the attention. Mm-hmm. Which is how we've now cycled it through our media and cycled through the social norms is getting that instant gratification from random strangers <coughs> on the internet, which is not bad. Slightly unhealthy, but not terribly bad. Um with that uh the next thing to do is always, 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 always do your research. And even if you, even if you're getting into the heavier stuff that you've been into for a while, safe, sane, and consensual is probably like the best way of going about things. What is that? Uh, SSC safe, sane, and consensual is if you wouldn't make sure that the the thing that you're doing is within the within the realm of mental capacity. Mm-hmm. So, sane that you're you also have your mental faculties about you. Safe relatively safe that it's not going to kill you maim you mm-hmm. disfigure you and then consensual make sure that all parties give what is the specific type of consent we require um enthusiastic consent yeah is, that's the is, one that's the one that, that's the very specific one you want enthusiastic consent. let me put this out here for all you bros with no social intelligence maybe means no <laughs> Maybe means no. Um means no. And until they go, yes, I would like to do the thing with you right the fuck now while sober. Anytime else is no. Yeah. With that out of the way, yes, explicit and enthusiastic consent is where we'd like to play. Mm -hmm. That's always where we'd like to play. If there's any doubt, 
you can always say no. Don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. If you are around somebody that makes you feel like saying no is unsafe, get the fuck away from them. Yeet yourself out of that situation real quick. And I know that that's easy to say from like the perspective we're talking from right now. I know it's difficult. Um, but yeah, if like, and also if you feel like you're forcing somebody to say yes, then that's not actually consent. Um, if you're the kind of person that would do that, you're probably going to do it anyway, but I want you to know you should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever feel And play does not start until after negotiation. If somebody tries to bring the play that you're trying to do into the negotiation as a manipulation tactic, that's a bad thing and tell all your friends. Yes. And also there is, there is just another, uh, another footnote on this. There's also a difference between a scene as well as a demonstration. Mm -hmm. If you've agreed to a demonstration, you've agreed to just test the waters, not a full-on scene. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let them tell you just because you were doing a demonstration that gives them blanket consent to do the rest of what they want to do to you. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I'd like to uh, go into with this is we've already gone over locating events. We've gone over the social contracts. We've gone over use of social what media. What if that life doesn't work for finding events? What do you do then? Honestly, that is a little bit tough. That is that is a little bit more tough on the edges because there are other kink platforms that you can use. Mm -hmm. um, whether they're good or not is really up in the air because I know Collar Space used to be a thing. Mm -hmm. or It was not Collar Space. It was Collar Space. It was CollarMe.com used to be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's also AltLife.com I'm not sure if those are still active, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter typically is okay for it. I wouldn't use it as a a strict guide mm -hmm. to events, but you can find them there. Facebook, if you have a if you don't have a really public Facebook that your family can see, yeah, then you can use it as or well. Or you have two Facebooks. Or you have two Facebooks, yes. But lo finding local kink events without those, it's a bit difficult. Mm -hmm. Only because we are such a niche lifestyle. I say that with air quotes. Mm -hmm. because yeah, because like protecting your identity is a big part of this thing if you don't want to be outed. Um, and that is also an option for you. You can take steps to make sure your identity isn't revealed through whatever the fuck that you decide to do. Yeah, I mean, with with mine, I know we, we touched on it's yours. It's dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous, and we touched on your uh, yours earlier, and, and I, we'll we'll touch a little bit on mine. I am openly outed myself mm. to everything. Like you can you can probably actually no, you can definitely find my name directly on my Instagram, right? With Tentacle Bound, and it can you if you if you just did a few more searches, you can definitely find me. Um, as far as like locating my Facebook. But that's yeah, everybody it. that's found out that I'm into kink looks at me and goes, that's about right. So I don't know where to come, where else to come from other than that. Same. And the only thing is that, that while I've had some social issues with it, mainly through just through family, it's never really been that big of a fucking deal. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are people that do have this issue and protecting yourself, always having second profiles, second emails, uh, even having a Google Voice phone number to give to people so that way they don't find you is easier yeah. to do. And those are those are steps you can take <coughs> to keeping yourself safe if you have a very, like... I advise never giving your phone number out to anybody. Or using your real name. Or using your real name, yeah. Because don't get me wrong, while it sounds great on paper, oh, this person that I've met over the course of a couple months, they know mm. my name, they know my number, 
it doesn't take that much to find you. Right. With, with the ever looming big brother selling information to everyone and everybody, mm-hmm. like you can find anybody and everybody relatively easy. Mm-hmm. So just think a little bit more on the safety, safety, safety side of things as opposed to just trusting people. Yeah. And I, I say that as someone that does trust people a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. My advice for how to like conceptualize this entire process is um, kind of like making sure you're wearing your life jacket before you jump off the boat, or like making sure that you remembered to put your condoms in your bag, kind of deal. Um, it's best to have them and not need them than need them and not have them. More importantly than that, it's stuff that you can take care of before you go into the situation, and then because you did it, you've done the best you can on it. You don't have to have anxiety about it. Exactly. It's you like, can just not worry about it until such a time as it does become a problem. Yeah, and it, it's like how we do with our rope bags. Like, I make sure that I have a pair of safety shears in my rope bag at all right, times. Yeah. I may not ever use them, but if I need to, they're there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way you want to look at it when you're going into these these situations that you'll be putting yourself into. Because we are very vulnerable in this situation because we're finding people that are like us. Yeah, that I, I think that's kind of the nature of kink. It's kind of why I'm into it in the first place is the thing I'm always looking towards is like intimacy. And not necessarily, that doesn't always equal like sex or um, anything like that. Like platonic intimacy, intimacy is a big thing with me. Like the territory that people move into when they call you their best friend or something like that. Um, like when you have real talk with somebody and you stay up until 4 a.m. talking to them on the phone, that's kind of the space that I like to be in with people the most often. And doing rope with people and being in kink and being like emotionally naked in front of each other, that's kind of my shit. I'm, and, and that's... But um, sacred spaces, um, to quote like Mircea Eliade on this kind of thing... Um, when we move into the rituals involved with kink, with making a scene, with doing performances, we create that intimate space and we play with each other in a way that makes us um, not the same person when we come out. And that's kind of the, that's my shit. That's what I'm here for. And that's a good thing to have as far as you are concerned. Because I don't, well, I, I I know I do a disservice to myself when I say that I don't gain anything from it, especially mm. with just doing rope as a job. Uh-huh. I do get things from it. I do yeah. I do I do get these social connect- connections. I do get this network of people that are now my they're now close friends. Mm-hmm. They are people that I I like to see that I like to do these things with. Will I ever sleep with them? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. But it's that wonderful connection. It's like okay, these are now friends. And it leaves us vulnerable in these states of mind. And that's something we do need to remember mm-hmm. when we're doing these things. Is that we become very open to the idea of just about anything. Mm-hmm. There's also a little thing that I want to leave this podcast with before we stop. Is don't ever, ever say that you're not going to be into it eventually. Because your mindset changes. Right. A uh, little, little bit of fun fact. I used to not like the idea of blood play. Right. Whatsoever. Now I'm a really I'm I'm really into sanguine sanguine play. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 and it's more of a like these past few years, mm-hmm. well, several years now, that it's been a, a, a lot more of an in, a lot more of a serious interest, and I like playing with it. And the the way that it's been brought to me is that when we're when we first get introduced to the scene, 
nothing sounds appealing other than what we like. It, right. could, be, it could be you like you like that DS and that'd be like a little bit of slap and tickle. But mm-hmm. you go into you go into a public dungeon and you see people doing rope and they're you're like that will never fucking enjoy that. Fuck that. Why are they doing that shit? It mm-hmm. looks like it ter- doesn't look like fun. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. About two months down the line, you're like, you know what? I kind of want to go up there. I kind of I kind of want to do that. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to do that. And then you do some rope. But then the next the next day you're at the dungeon, you see someone doing fire play and you're like, mm-hmm. hell no, that looks unsafe as shit. I would never do that. Then about three months later, you're thinking, you know what? Hey, I would like to get a little bit hot. Let's, let's see what let's see what fire play is about. Yeah, I think that warning is actually better for not necessarily applied to like the listener, but how you can treat other people that are going through that process. Don't be like, ha ha, you said you never like fire play and now you're playing with fire. Don't be that person. Don't. Like, let them them have their fun. Just be like, hit to yourself. Because, like, you know. Giggle and enjoy it just under your breath. Because no one likes the person that's a ha ha, I told you. Because we're trying, unless unless it's specifically a senior playing, this community is about moving past that kind of shame. Yeah, because... I can sit here and joke and say kink shaming is my kink, but at the same time, I have to remember that I have to keep an open mind right. with certain things. There are certain things that I still don't understand, and that will be... Yeah, you're allowed to not like shit. Yeah, but... Here's was... a list of 15 things I don't like. List of 15 things that he doesn't like. And... <laughs> It'll be on the Patreon. <laughs> It'll be... Oh, no. I don't <laughs> want to do a Patreon. Uh... <laughs> but that's the kind of thing I want to leave off on, is you just... Take it with stride when you go through your evolutionary process. Be be the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It, it does take time. You, some some need a little bit more nurturing and care than others. Mm-hmm. Others that were like me can jump in head fucking first and stumble and find our way. Mm-hmm. But just do take it in stride. There will be times where you look at the scene and go, I am not happy. Yeah. But remember that this contract that you will sign... Kind of just go with you. I thought I was going to leave the scene originally. I thought I was going to get the hell out. Right. And sure as shit, pulled me right back you, in. You were five days from retirement. I was five <clears throat> days from retirement. And they brought me back in. Light cigarette. Takes a swig of whiskey. Oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> this is well whiskey. This is awful. <laughs> this is awful. This is god awful. Where's the good shit? Other than that, I think that's about it. I think that this has been a good first episode, in all honesty. Yeah. And um, the next couple episodes are already in in the writing process. I have, I will be bringing on two people, specifically women, to discuss what their experiences are as far as being a woman in kink. Because we can tell you what it's like being men in kink all mm-hmm. day, every day, and that, that, that will probably be an episode. I can almost guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear. What they normally go through. We're gonna get. We're, we're gonna attempt to get somebody that's a top or yeah. dominant or a mistress, and then we're gonna get somebody that. Does. I'm super ready for that conversation because, like, I've got very few people to talk about my feminism shit with. I can see that, and like, I'm I'm violently feminist. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not violently feminist. I'm just open minded. Mm-hmm. So it's really neither here nor there for me. I will support you through and through, but I have my own shit that I need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like the core of my feminist argument comes down to men not being on their shit gets me laid less, and that pisses me off. Yeah, and, and just stop being a nice guy, dude. It doesn't fuck. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that later. Dope. Oh God, I, I, 
Well, <laughs> that that didn't sting as much as I wanted it to, but we'll we'll take it. Thank you, everybody, and whoever. Thank you, everybody, and anybody who is listening to this. This was Bound by the Scene. We'll see you next time.